The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thank you for listening to Spin, the Rally Pod, brought to you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you. Welcome back to Spin, the Rally Pod, for part two of our very special listener Q&A. I'm James Bowman, and back with me to answer more of your questions George Donaldson, Colin Clark and David Evans. And guys, we'll jump straight into our next question, which comes from Kevin on Facebook. And he asks, did we ever discuss the Roger Albert Clark rally? Uh, Kevin, I think <laughs> we might have done briefly, but we can definitely do it again. Um, George, we've only George got, Donaldson. We've got literally another hour. That could take there's another only, day. There's only one thing to talk about that rally, David. What's that? What? The uh, route. Colin. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the route, everything is a given. Colin Heppenstall. It is the sound no. of a BDA stroke BDG <sighs> or a Lancia Stratos Stratus. Ferrari V6 engine at full song as the sun oh. goes down on a dusky, frosty evening, absolutely still, echoing through the forest for miles and miles and then exploding into sight and then echoing away for miles and miles. That's enough said. There's lots of videos on YouTube. I've seen them all, and I'm continuing to watch them for weeks afterwards. Amazing, just is amazing. It, it, what what is it though about it? I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a packed entry. It's a linear route through Britain. Why why do we all hanker after going back to the seventies and, and early eighties? So it's much. not you know, that, I'd, David. It's not that, it, but it is. It, it is it's a little not, bit. It's George. just it's just it's maybe a wee bit, but it's just adventure. It's just fun yeah, and exactly. adventure. Yeah. It's getting around and about. It's fun you know? adventure. It's a combination of things. It's fun, it's venture, adventure, it's nostalgia. I mean, we all hanker back to the 80s, David, you know. Back to the days of Wham, a full head of hair. You know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, dear. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Look, Dave, Colin, I've managed to Wait, nearly go a whole year, go, go, nearly go. a whole year without giving you a ribbing about something to do with your hair or your, or your heritage. And here we go. I'm buttoning my lip as best I can. Thing. Here's the thing. I have kept my very first suit that I bought in 1984. And I bought it from... Um, I think it was Top don't want Man to know. in Dundee. Don't want to know. It was Electric Blue, Rally George. Cars. Electric Blue. <laughs> electric my, Rally my cars. My 14-year-old son Rally now cars. into it. Rally <laughs> yeah. cars, please. Your, uh, yeah. your, your, your taste hasn't improved <laughs> since then, Colin. <laughs> no, no. It, it set the tone. Listen, I, you know, I, I wrote something about um, you know, when this, this, this Sunday point scoring system was announced. I, I said it's, it, it's not a bad solution. To the, to the issue, you know, the issue we've got with Sundays being too short and a bit boring and driver saving tyres. I said the easiest option is actually to get rid of Sundays. And David, you, you've advocated that. You'll mix rallies up a little bit. You know, let's have two day rallies. Let's, you know, endurance is, is a very subjective thing. Endurance can be 300 Ks over 36 hours. That's endurance for me. Um, you yeah. know, and the backlash I got from suggesting that you know we should be cutting rallies, everyone shouting and screaming, saying, "Look, 
Look at the Roger Albert Clark. It was five days. Look at the crowds. Look at the people. Look at the excitement, the attention, the drama. We should be going back to five-day rallies. No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. You know, if, if, you had a, if you had a championship of five-day rallies, you would just get a whole host of very bored people. Why is that, Carl? Why people. is that? I think because we're not, David, five days. Take the Dakar. Take the Dakar. No, 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 no. Why, specifically, why would people get bored over five days right now? Five, a championship of five days events. They're too long. They're too long. No, but we, why? We know that, They're not know? too long. They're not too long. They are too long. No, no, no. You're they missing a singular massive point that sits at the heart of everything that we're going through right now. You're missing what? it. Completely missing it. What? The lack of competition. If we had 20 well, cars going at it, hammer and tongs for five days, everybody would be absolutely in love with this sport. Yeah, but, I think. but, but David, maybe. But, but what you see, I, I agree with that, but what you find with endurance with longer events is that the level of competition throughout the course of the event just disappears. Disappears yeah, no, off no, as the it, top drivers it, fall out. and it's, it's It does, but if car. you've got 20 top drivers, they're going potentially, they're yeah, going to stay there. But 20 top drivers, 20 top drivers over. 36 hours yeah. for me is an ideal solution. 48 hours is an ideal it is. solution. You're... An absolute ideal solution. And you're right, just just for you jumping, uh, uh, George, sorry, because you're dead right, because we had five days, five day rallies, and we had loads of it. We didn't actually have loads of entries in back in the days of Group B, but actually the events were measured by, you know, 10 minutes. Wins were taken yeah. by minutes. Yeah, so but... the competition was never that close. So but ignore everything good... I've just said. Apologies. Both make good points, but. When I went spectating when I was young, which was quite a while ago, on these on REC Rally and all the other events around, we didn't we, we had no idea what the results were until we read it in Autosport next week or Motoring News next week. Literally, there was no way to know it. There was no way to find out. There was no internet. Yeah. There, there was nothing. Uh, uh, well, there was something. There was there was the 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 uh, the, the fabulous um, uh, follow on. Uh, stage end crews that gave us some information but it was pretty thin uh, but the bottom line is we went to spectate to watch spectacular cars being driven sideways everywhere and it was just amazing and you know for an an on-site spectator support sport rallying even when driven uh, not fully aggressively is still amazing to watch it might not be so interesting to follow on the internet or on, on the tv footage because you can perceive different things but as a natural live spectator sport, rally never gets boring. It never does. It's so guttural, it's so real, and it's so fabulously accomplished. You're watching a skill level that's just, yeah. You know, even even when you go to a club event, you watch you watch club drivers. The guy in car number 67 in a, 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 an old Peugeot 205 coming into a corner far too fast and then surprising himself by getting round it, and you're just left in absolute awe. The guy's come into a corner 40 miles an hour too fast, never gives up, it's two gears too high, and he somehow gets round the corner, grabs the two gears lower, and scoots off like nothing's happened. That is a spectacle worth seeing. That doesn't translate to the internet, it doesn't even translate very easily to TV, but by God, it translates to the fact that you've driven your car out into the country, parked in a ditch, walked up through a forest, over ditches, through bogs, found yeah. yourself a spot, a fast spot with some, some nagery wee bits in it, and, uh, yeah, mm. nothing, I, nothing Maybe that's something that. we have to push, George, and some, something I've talked about as well is, is the fact that, 
your rallying does offer that opportunity for adventure for, for people, it, young people to get out and about. Does, yeah. And and we don't push that enough, yeah. you know. And it's your know, kids are looking for something. Certainly, a, an element of of the younger generation are looking for something that is anti the internet. You're anti scrolling, anti screen time. They are looking for well, something to go out and do that anyway, gets them away from all that nonsense. Anyway, we're, and, we're, and maybe we don't push it enough, but yeah, you know, no, no. I'm not sure it's enough to make the sport oh. successful. But maybe we don't push it enough. And there are a fair, fair few young people up at the RAC, Colin. I, I was out for, for one of the days. Um, it was a really mixed mixed audience out in the forest. And uh, a, a driver who also brought a lot of people out was, was Oliver Solberg. So of course, that yeah. was really... Uh, was it a mixed audience, James? Was, it, well, genuinely, I'd, I'd be interested. Was it, were, were there a fair number of youngsters out and about? Lots of families who, who bring the youngsters along. Um, and, That's and, great. And yeah, lots of, lots of uh, yeah, a mix of all people, I would say. Um, yeah, That's yeah, it's great. great to see. Okay, uh, let's move on to to the next question then that comes from Ferdinand on X, and he asks, "Is there any update on Subaru's potential return to the WRC?" Uh, David Evans, any thoughts? Uh, sadly, no update. Um, no, uh, I've got an update. Uh, <laughs> Go I've on got then, an George. update, David. I just was about to say, "Stay tuned to Birdfish," <laughs> and let's move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I spoke to some old friends at uh, STI. You know, as you, as you know, I worked there for uh, for yep. fifteen years. Um, the last uh, 10, 12 of those directly in Japan in Tokyo at Mataka at headquarters. Still got lots of friends there, and they they laughed at me when I asked. Nothing happening there as far as they're concerned. Yeah, they're not necessarily very senior, but they're not junior either. They say nothing yeah. happening. I, I, there is, I mean, you don't have Akio Toyoda um, pushing this and, and not have something happening. But it, it just, it seems to come in waves that there's a lot of chat, uh, chatter and then there's no chatter. And so, I don't know. But as I say, stay tuned uh, and we will bring you any news or updates when we get them. Absolutely. Okay, Owen the Scout on X asks, uh, do you find it interesting that, the WRC has never had a North American champion. And do you think it will happen in the future? Colin Clark? Uh, it is interesting, isn't it? Because you know, North America is seen as, if not quite the home of motorsport, it's certainly home, the home of the motor industry. Um, and it is odd that, that rallying never really has found uh, a real home and a real, a real base, a real fan base in the States. And that's what you need, you know, if you're going to develop then, you know, properly competitive drivers um yes i think you know it's interesting it's it is it is odd that it's never happened but i i think again going back to what we talked about just a moment or two ago about the you know the, the need to find something different and i think rallying offers in the states a different type of spectating experience a different type of adventure that other motorsports don't offer you know uh, motoring fans in the states so I, I think there's every chance i think there's every chance that you know with with the efforts that, that certainly Dirtfish are making, that the ARA are making, that the WRC are making to go back to the States. Um, there's every chance that in the future, but you're not talking in the near future, 10 or 15 years, 20 years, maybe, you know, if the sport does actually get a bit of a foothold, there's every chance because you've got such an enormous population base there. You've got such an enormous, um, you know, potential rallying community there that uh, if it goes right, if it's done properly, if it does catch the imagination and it does take off, there's there's every chance. It'll it'll be within five years, and I'll tell you who it's going to be, and it will really make waves. Yes, <laughs> I agree, David. 
it'll be Leo Block. Yeah, it'll be Leo Le- Block. Listen, exactly. listen, yeah. I, I, David, you know, you know what what I said about Leah Block when yeah. we saw her out at yeah. what was it? Was it the LSPR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was yeah. it? We were at? Yeah, LSPR um, last round. I, 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 I genuinely, I genuinely, in twenty years of following rallying. I've never seen a youngster doing what she did no. in in four stages. No, to jump into that four-wheel drive car, to drive as quickly, as confidently, yeah. and as accomplished as she did for those four stages was just quite incredible. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I got dead excited, and you went, Colin, Colin, just, 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 you know, hold your horses. She's retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's retired, and then then she's gone off to do the Formula One Academy. She's been pinched. Yeah. Um, but. Well, She'll know, come if, back. If Toyota. Yeah. I, if went Toyota and watched her, on... I went and watched her in Oregon Trail Rally. I was I was interested yeah. enough in her performance to make sure I went and spectated a couple of times. And uh, she's got plenty moxie. She's got plenty mm. of skill. The skill developing, you can see it, and and, and no no fear at all. Uh, well, maybe maybe um, I, I would say an intelligent driver already, which is a great start because the intelligence is sometimes the hardest thing to gift drivers, um, but. Uh, she came down a very, very fast twisty section and she was as committed, as committed as, as the very top driver, as, as Brendan. Um, so, yeah, she, she's got the potential. If she wants yeah. to, I think she can absolutely do it. What, what do you think, David? Do you think, do you think we'll see, you know, she's obviously got this deal with the, is it Formula One Academy? Mm. Um, you know, what do you think? Are we going to see much of her in rallying in the coming years? Uh, who knows, Carl? I think there is obviously from what we saw with her making her debut in Group E in Nitro a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, um, uh, there's there's potential for her to do stuff um, th- in her formative years with with Williams Racing. So she can potentially she could still maybe go and do some ARA rounds this year. Um, but it, it's all about her, isn't it? She's got a reasonably longish term agreement, I think, with Williams. Um, and obviously, the desire there is to, is to see her in Formula One, and that you know we talk about making history in 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 rallying to have a woman, but to make history, what was that was Leila Lombardi or something? The last Formula One, the last woman to race in in F one was nearly fifty years ago. Please correct me if I'm wrong uh, on that, um, but do it nicely. Uh, you know that to see to see Leah Block competing in Formula One in in three or four years, two or three years, whatever, would be sensational. But uh, for me, I just hope she she comes back. I hope Leah see sense. The sense is on the dirt. It's all there. <laughs> You'll never have as much fun as you have in a rally car. Uh, so I would just be I, happy to see her succeed in, in yeah, exactly, Formula George. One or rally. I'd just be delighted to see her succeed. Yeah, and she will because you know. Yeah, she, she will. She, if she wants to. She will. She she wants to, and you know the. It's a weird thing to talk about natural talent, but that inherent talent and and just the, just the ability to get in you know was it 14 years old and she was driving the 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 unicorn or whatever it's called at you know 1100 horsepower if you can do that at 14 you know formula one it's a doddle it's an intimidating car to drive any way you look at exactly it. yeah yeah so no J- james answer the question we will see it shortly fingers crossed okay well excuse me we'll keep an eye out for that certainly um George, I'm going to ask you the next question as a former team member. Uh, Jano on Facebook asks, where's the best bar for the Rally Finland after party? Uh, well, it, I mean, it always used to be in the in the uh, Rantisipi Hotel. Uh, and that was, that was an amazing experience. That went on for 
just hours and hours and it went on all night basically you, you would find people lying in the car park in the morning underneath your car <laughs> really 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 um yes yeah, so it was it, it was always their anticipate I, I don't know these days you know you've got that lovely shopping precinct uh and the bricks is it the bricks bar the down brick. there or the we the, the brick the yeah, bricks gone there. now though the bricks is it, gone. Is it? Yeah. well yeah what, what's the I, I'm not, i've not been there for about i think three years i think uh, 2019 or 2020 was the last time i was there and you've yeah. got that sort of square down that end of the street at the bottom end of that main street where you've got all the pubs and the restaurants. It's a pretty decent party down there. If I was uh, if I was Finland Rally, I'd make sure the party was in the service park, actually. Yeah. And even... What was the bar that Harry Rovenpera owned, David? Was that Bricks? No. I can't, Harry's I can't bar. It was Harry's bar, remember. wasn't it? That was but, always a popular one. But it was it was disappointing, though, because even the Rantasipi, we, we seem to go there every year, Col. Uh, and all of the, all of the rally pictures are gone. Same in in Hotel Yamsa. Yeah, what? all of the rally pictures have gone off the wall. So, well, it's, the nature, not... it's the nature of our sport uh, denuding itself of its own history and and you know and and uh, moving with the times. You might say <coughs> say maybe yeah. I had to, of course, but uh, we'll lose our heritage. I'm, now you now you make me desperately keen to go back to uh, up to. Um, Calderodi up to uh, the Lava Restaurant above oh, San yeah. Remo. Oh, I hope to I hope yeah, to goodness all the stuff's up still up there. Yeah, definitely. Never anybody going to Italy? Everyone go to Italy. Go to the Lava Restaurant up at Calderodi, up at the top of the Calderodi stage. What's the name of the wee town up there? I forget what it's called. San Romolo. San Romolo. Thank you. Above San Remo. I mean, go to Italy. The food is amazing. The people are fantastic. Uh, the roads are wonderful. And did I mention the food's fantastic? And also the food is fantastic. Yeah, Italy's just Certainly wonderful. Is. Yeah. Well, and there you rally, go, Rano. Lancia, you. what can we say? Fiat, yes. Enough, let's move on. Absolutely. Yeah, Jano's got some bars to try in Finland and Italy. There you go, Jano. Um, Jamie on X asks us, what is the ideal number of manufacturers for the WRC in Dirtfish's opinion? Uh, David Evans? Uh, I would say five, but I I don't know what I base that on. I would have five or six, and I would ask them all to supply three cars plus a fourth car for a junior driver. Ooh, oh, that's ballsy. I, I'd have said six and a third car for a junior driver, but six and a fourth car for a junior is even better. Yep. And maybe, is this, is, is this maybe make it Rally well? 2 as well. Uh, yeah, go yeah, around, George. R- 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 rally 2 Plus, as, we, as we've already discussed, and it's now been endorsed by, by Cala Rovenpera in, in yeah. an article in, on, on, on the fish this week. Thank you. And um, six, six sounds like a good number. Um, but the most important thing is that the cars are affordable and there is a pathway for those that can have the opportunity that can generate the opportunity. Still a massive amount of money. Motorsport always has been. But the most important thing, I think Colin mentioned it, a junior path. Well, look, I, I don't think you have to have a specific junior path or a specific programme. Do it if you want. Don't do it if you want. But just make it possible for someone that can actually generate the support to come through and get, get the kilometres, get the mileage, get the experience up there at the top. Yes, please. And do, do you know what else? Yo, George, you're... you're... Rally 2 Plus offers again. It offers again that opportunity for privateers. We've lost privateers. We've lost competitive privateers. We've lost them. Uh, They don't exist anymore. All right. The last, maybe, 
thinking back, the last really competitive privateer we had, you might argue, was Robert Kubica. And he, he always said, you can never really realistically hope to win rallies. You might win a rally as a privateer with circumstances, but if you're a privateer without the testing, without the development that you're involved in, it's always going to be difficult. Now it's impossible. Now it's impossible. But you go off our, our, our Rally 2 Plus, you know, you offer that opportunity again. You get sponsors back in again. You get activation back in again. You get coverage back in again. Local drivers, all that sort of thing. Yep, I agree. So, so you might only have four or five manufacturers, but um, you, you supplement that with a good number of competitive privateers and you've got a really, really interesting field again. All rallying, one source. By now, you know that Dirtfish.com is the place to go for all of your rallying news. But when it's time to try your hand behind the wheel, just join us here at Dirtfish Rally School, nestled in the Cascade Mountains in Snoqualmie, Washington. Whether you're a pro seeking extra seat time or a novice looking to get started, we've got programs tailored to all rallying needs. And when you want to watch the best in the world, just head over to our YouTube channel. Our coverage of the WRC and American rallying is second to none. Follow us at Dirtfish Rally across all social media platforms and shop the latest looks in our merchandise store now. As always, rally on. Next question comes from Nigel and Peter on Facebook. And they both want to know, will there ever be another Rally GB on gravel? And with Rally Karadigian getting around on next year's ERC, could we ever see an all tarmac round of Rally GB? David, what are your thoughts on that prospect? Definitely could see a tarmac round. We came close, didn't we? Uh, with with rally, what would have been rally Northern Ireland, um, without getting into the politics of, of of where it all starts and stops. So yeah, it was close, and yeah, why not? Um, it it takes uh, some imagination from Britain's motorsport, uh, the British motorsports governing body. It takes some ability to go out there and find a sponsor. Um, but if we can find people who can do that, then for sure we can we can have a, a round on gravel again. The WRC promoter is desperate uh, to recreate the magic that was Rally GB. Um, so yeah, let's let's get the personnel in place and let's make it happen. Yeah, well that's good to hear. So there you go. We could see another Rally GB on gravel, Nigel. Don't lose all hope yet. Um, no, definitely okay, not. There you go. Nicholas on Facebook asks. Uh, what are our thoughts on only three rounds being outside of Europe in next year's WRC season? Uh, Colin Clark, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one. It's, it's a long way. Oliver Seasley, who used to be the, the head of the WRC promoter, he had a vision for a 16-round championship, and, and his vision was, was eight rounds in Europe. Uh, how else did it work? It was, it was eight rounds then outside of Europe, so it was four in the Americas, four in the, if you like, the Australasia sort of region. Um, so it was half and half Europe and then the rest of the world, half and half. Uh, and Africa. I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not ideal for me with, with three outside of Europe, but I, I kind of get it. You know, there's, there's lots of things going on, isn't there, in terms of costs to the teams, uh, in terms of rallies that can afford to be part of the championship. There's an awful lot going on in, in that mix that maybe we're not completely privy to. Uh, but you know, ideally, you'd have four or five rounds outside of Europe. It, it, once it becomes a European-centric championship, it, it begins to lose its unique identity. I think, um, you know, and if we get too many rallies that are the same, it loses its unique identity. So it's not an ideal situation, and I, and I think it's one that the promoter, if they were asked, would probably admit is not an ideal situation. 
and I'm sure it's one that they're looking to rectify for coming years. Okay, thank you, Colin. George, next question is coming to you. I think you've already touched on this slightly, but Camille on Facebook, uh, sorry, on X asks, uh, should the WRC focus more on private teams like M Sport and Top Sport rather than on manufacturers? And he points out that private teams like Williams have kept F1 going in its leaner periods over the years, not the manufacturers. Gosh, th this is a massive question, um, and, and so many facets to it. So uh, we're on we're on short answers here, and I'll try to be good and be short. But uh, I don't think I don't think it should focus on privateers. I think you should just make it possible for them. Uh, I think ultimately, factory cars will always be the fastest, but it should be possible for private teams to challenge really, really close, and maybe occasionally, occasionally we'll see a magic something magic happen. Because rally, rally gives us those incredibly difficult circumstances where, where somebody you know, running slightly further down the field that's still very quick can get an advantage on a stage. They get a dry stage where someone else gets a wet stage. They get a wet stage where someone else gets a dry stage, whatever. Snow, ice, melting, etc., etc. So, yes, I, th I, think, I think the changes to the sport that we've just already talked about would lend themselves to, to what you're asking. Um, as as to any sort of sporting loading, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in handicapping anything. Um, I think we should. We've got to keep it attractive to the manufacturers so their teams can win. But ultimately, they just want their cars to win. So if they're giving great cars to privateers uh, that that win, then that's fantastic. Look at motorbike racing. Now, most of the factory teams are not factory teams. They're private teams that get given factory bikes. Maybe we could see rallying develop that way. That would be super interesting. Yeah, I like that one. I'll start well, a team now. MotoGP, you just had the, the star rider go to one of the satellite teams. So Mark Marquez exactly. is... Yeah, exactly. So, that yeah, shows so you can be so competitive there's, yeah, there. there's definitely development to be done there. And the sport, I mean, there's maybe a lot of debate about it. For me, um, simplistically, the, the, the debate is over. The time for action is there. Um, but I, I, of course, I understand the, the, the intricacies of it all. But um, really, we have to bite the bullet. Okay, thank you, George. Next question comes from Mr. BBS on X, and we've already touched on the new point system, so let's keep our answers specific to what what Mr. BBS is asking here. And he says, should the WSC award points per day to the top performing drivers to keep each day more interesting? Uh, Colin, what do you think about that? Well, um, before we came on here, I had a quick, quick question to the boys about the new point system. Um, I, I do think we're in danger of overcomplicating things. Um, you know, we've now effectively got two competitions running on the Sunday, haven't we? We've got the competition for the overall winner, the competition for the Sunday winner. Um, oh, and let's call it three competitions because we've got the competition for the power stage winner as well thrown in there. Uh, you know, it's not easy. We don't make the sport easy to follow and to understand at times. And I, and I think... You know, we've, we've had this talked about before, points for stage wins, points for day wins. It all gets quite complex, I would imagine, to the casual viewer. Um, you know, who's leading? Who's winning? You know, how's this guy possibly he's won the day, so he's won the rally? No, he's not. He's, he's not won anything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think we're in danger of, of overcomplicating things and, and making it all just a little bit too difficult to follow. So I'd, I'd like to see some new, new ideas coming up. You know, I, I agree there's a need... Um, which has been addressed by the FIA, there is a need to keep you know, the rally competitive from start to finish. 
but there has to be a more simple way of doing that. I'd have thought, I'd have thought, than, than you know, giving points willy-nilly for various things. You know, we'll be giving points for the fastest tyre change at some point now in the stage or something like that. You know, they're gimmicky. They're slightly gimmicky for, for, for me. And we don't, we don't need to be too gimmicky. Um, we just need to be pretty clear, um, pretty straightforward, uh, and come up with a system that, that, that does keep that competitive element all the way through the rally. Lots of competitive cars present. Rather, yeah, than, rather George, than just half yeah. a dozen, and that's that, that yes. and then you can go back to normal point scoring, you know, and, and you can actually retire from the rally and you can retire because actually there's 25 top cars there, 30 yeah. top cars. Yeah. There. Okay, Richard on Facebook asks, uh, and this is another one for you, Colin, uh, how can we get Colin Clark to do more kitchen tables? Oh, uh, we love God. his passion, yeah, passion and insight. I, I, listen, and I love doing I love doing my kitchen tables. Well, it, it, the kitchen table is just an, an opportunity for me to pontificate for 20, 25 minutes without David or George interrupting. And it's magnificent. And I love, I love the opportunity to do that. Uh, yeah, well, listen, we'll keep this one very brief. I will do more. I will do more because I know that there's a strange group of people out there who do like to hear them. So, so I will do more. That's a promise. David, do you want to do there a separate go, podcast together with me, David? At some point, <laughs> yeah, shall we? Just you and me, David, so we don't get any of those tedious interruptions from our colleague. <laughs> I'm <laughs> all so in, George. <laughs> Thank you, David. Next question comes from KRX Project on X, and they ask, uh, what do we think of the possibility of satellite teams for Hyundai and Toyota? And he suggests Hyundai could run a Kia satellite team, while Toyota could run a Subaru one. Uh, George, we've already touched on this, I think, a little bit, but what do you think about that idea? Well, I think, it, look, it's it's uh, quite obvious and quite fabulous. It's, it absolutely could be done in terms of, you know, um, uh, the, the connection is there. It, it could easily happen. Uh, but the cost is so high. And uh, you wonder if either of those teams, uh, Hyundai or Toyota, could really... Um, focus and and give an equal chance with those complex and expensive cars um, but uh, in theory it should be quite simple uh, so yes it could work if I think if, if Kia wanted to invest in it and if Subaru wanted to invest in it it would be run out of one would be run out of Frankfurt and the other would be run out of Javascula um, and there's no reason why it couldn't and it it would there would be a, a cost reduction effectively because obviously the the, the main engineering is it would be massive cost reduction dead cheap actually in, in broad terms um be a good solution for us short term um but it's not short term because it would take at least a year to get all that up and running possibly 18 months uh, at which point hopefully our current rally one car is uh, is defunct and we've got a rally two car Rally which would which would be rally harder plus. for those, yeah, rally two plus, which would be harder for those manufacturers to come in. Almost impossible for Subaru, because they don't have any small cars anymore. There are other opportunities there, for for manufacturers like Subaru to come in. I feel, and obviously in America they do an incredible job with a, mm. with quite a big car, and uh, just a little bit of flexibility you can work all that in. Yeah, it certainly would be great to see them back. Uh, next question comes from Midwest Antonio. Uh, he says, thank you for the pod. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Um, and is there any particular driver on board that hasn't yet surfaced that you would love to see? Uh, David Evans, can you think of one? Ooh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, 
I mean, you've got to go. Obviously, you've got to go back um, before 2018. I think it was when the fabulous all live service started. Where now you can go and watch literally any onboard. Uh, it's all at your fingertips. So a big, big thanks to WRC promoter for that. Going back further, I would go back to. I'm not even sure. You know, I I do tend to use Group B as a bit of a reference point. Um, I'm not even sure there's there probably wasn't. Almost certainly there wasn't an onboard camera, but I would love to see uh, the moment in Argentina when when Lancia landed its helicopter pretty much on the stage, right in front of Marco Allen to slow Allen down because he was refusing to slow down for Mickey Biazion to let Biazion win. Probably I don't know it would be mid 80s. Could have been a it must have been a Delta S4. Uh, Anything like that, you know, we've got some incredible stories um, from the 80s and 90s, from from all the way down through the history of our of our um, championship and our sport. So, yeah, some of that kind of onboard would would be sensational. Or seeing was it was it Stig Blomqvist, I think, who averaged 150 miles an hour, also in in Argentina down south in an Audi Quattro. Yeah, yeah just a big bunch of of, of Group B stuff. When did onboard start, boys? When did they first become, you know, pretty much the norm or, or, or something that we saw regularly? Well, they, they did bits, didn't they? I mean, you go back, yeah, remember so that the, in at the in at the deep end thing with with Chris Searle and Roger Clark back in the right. that was seventies yeah, or yeah. early eighties. Um, but uh, that was virtually yeah. a big camera strapped to a roll cage, though, wasn't it? It literally was. I remember. I remember Jimmy McRae coming to a couple of car club nights. Must have been in the early eighties. Uh, with with footage for us with films like uh, that would have been from uh, Vauxhall or Opel at that time I think it was maybe Opel by then and uh, he, he gave us in-car footage that was just absolutely sublime remember the in-car footage uh, from Ari Vatnen on the Isle of Man where he goes through the, the over the cattle grid yeah, through the gate and the cattle grid quite sideways mm-hmm. and poor Terry Harriman <laughs> poor Terry Harriman just keeps reading the notes and he just he just slips in a Dear God, and, and <laughs> cracks on with the notes, and you think to yourself, "Holy cow, that was flat in fifth gear, uh, yeah. 125 miles an hour, same speed as the cars currently do with a two-wheel drive car, tires with a fraction of the grip that the current cars have." And uh, uh, see what you want about Ari Vatnin, that man has <laughs> has had balls of steel. But whilst they might have that, uh, there, that is nothing compared to what co-drivers did in those flimsy group group four stroke group B cars, two-wheel drive, early escort, well, the late escorts. Um, wow. Yeah. So the footage has been around for a while. I mean, pretty good. It all came down to mounting. So, But but the widespread like we've got now, well, I mean, it's, it's current. Uh, it's current technology is pretty good. And, you know, you can now buy for a couple hundred quid a... A, a GoPro or a, a DJI action cam or something like that—that's that can give you the most amazing footage. Hmm. I I've just got to say, just a a, a quick plug in there. Uh, stay tuned to Dirtfish. We have an enormous treat in terms of onboards and what have you coming your way next month uh, in a deal recently agreed by our brilliant and fabulous owner, Mr. Steve Rimmer. Uh, so yeah, we can't really say too much about it at the minute, but it's all very exciting, uh, and some of these dreams might actually come true. Ooh, there we go. That's exciting. Um, okay, next question comes from 
Chris on Facebook. And he wants to know what our favourite rally that we attended last year was. And he suggests it should definitely be the Lake Superior Performance Rally. Um, <laughs> Colin, can you think of one last year that stood out for you? Yeah, Lake Superior was fantastic. It really was. Uh, they're just such a great group of... You know, the, the, the American rallying community is a fantastic community, but the organisers of the Lake Superior Rally are just a wonderful bunch. Uh, they really are. Uh, but no, my, my standout was the last rally of the year. It was Rally Japan. Um, it, it, there was just so much going on in Rally Japan. Uh, and it's such a different sort of experience to go to, to Japan and report on rallying because just everything about rallying there is different. Uh, the, the, the way it's received, the fans, the atmosphere, the colour, everything is so different. So, no, Rally Japan was my favourite, but LSPR would push it very close, I would have to say. Uh, David, you can come in on that one. What? Yep, I'd, I'd go with LSPR. The The action was fantastic. Also, that place that we went to for breakfast was, was legendary. I can't remember what Oof. it's called. Big, 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 big bobs or big, something? Yeah. Big, big boys or something, I can't remember. Big boys, that was big it. Boys. You bought a baseball cap, David. I did, big boys baseball cap. Uh, but yeah, I, I would actually go with Olympus though. Uh, I, I it, Olympus was my first uh, ARA round back for a while. Uh, and it's obviously, it's the, the local round for Dirtfish. It was great. It absolutely poured with rain. It was freezing cold and mm. I loved every minute of it up in the... Well, it, was uh, cold. it was cold, David, wasn't it? So that's good enough for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 George, your thoughts? Well, for me, every rally I go to, I just honestly thoroughly enjoy it and I take the maximum out of everything. So my first rally this year was a sort of brief visit to Mexico. When I spent a, a, a day with the with the Dirtfish team going around, then I spent a day being quite ill, <laughs> but I'd eaten in the same restaurant as 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 everyone else, so I've no idea what that was. It was a it was a suspect hotel, and then I spent a day in the service park, and I thoroughly enjoyed. It. I had some lovely company, lovely meals. Then I was in Oregon Trail, which was absolutely fantastic, and likewise, Colin, uh, you know, as as you've said for Lake Superior. Uh, the Oregon Trail Rally organisers, uh, the whole community is amazing, and I thoroughly enjoyed my visit there. Notable, notable. The event is notable for the number of dogs on it. Everybody has their pets with them in the back of these fabulous big pickups, which I just love. Call me a redneck, I just love them. Um, the most amazing cars, the most amazing fun people, just having a great time. Um, and, and most impressive countryside, surrounded by dormant volcanoes. I mean, that, that's just my type of geography, isn't it? That's the sort of thing I love. And then, and then of course, I, I, uh, I blew the very last of my holidays in, in June, um, going to Safari Rally for a couple of weeks. Um, does everyone that's ever heard me chat knows I, I love Safari. It's, it's pretty amazing. Met more fabulous people, met the fabulous people that I'd met the previous couple of years, cemented friendships. Had some lovely meals, um, uh, and you know what an experience safari is. I had to laugh at Colin when he got stuck in a traffic jam with a rod down his back, saying, "I'm not going to do what everyone else is." If he'd done that, he would have been there for three days. Finally, he defaulted into the George Donaldson mode of just going for it, <laughs> <laughs> which meant some serious cross-country oh, blowing yeah. driving. Well, and, 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 yeah, so I mean, but but that's Kenya. You know, you just join in the fun with everyone, and you know, it, it's um, it just on, on on the gravel fields and old roads, driving to find your way through. Yeah, what an adventure. And uh, Safari still brings us that very unique challenge. So uh, I'm not going to say one event over the other. They're all just brilliant. Go to a WRC rally, 
dip your toe in, dive in, dive into it and enjoy it. Enjoy the food, enjoy the people, chat to everyone, just have a great time. Come with us. Come with us. <laughs> okay. James, you, very quickly, James, what about you? Mine would have to be the RAC, David, uh, for all the reasons yeah. we've discussed. Just there's nothing, nothing like it. Uh, the sound of that Stratos coming through Kielder yeah. Forest in the dark. Yeah, incredible, yeah. incredible. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, doesn't get better than that. Um, no, our next question. Not. No. Um, Jared on Facebook asks us, uh, when are we going to see the Dirtfish team back in New Zealand? David, could you give Jared well, an answer to that? Uh, I think uh, March or April. I can't remember. when. Hopefully whenever a Targo rally is happening, uh, we are, fingers crossed, uh, going to be back uh, in Otago, uh, Colin and I uh, doing what we did last year, which I think what we did most for uh, certainly the first half of last year was fall out, Col. We weren't really speaking, were yeah. we? <laughs> no, not for, not, for, not for the first chunk of it, David. <laughs> so no, we'll we'll be we'll be we'll be back there. We'll be following obviously Chris Meek uh, in 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 Otago uh, across the fabulous Curry Bush stage. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. But back in Rally New Zealand, oh, who knows? Uh, but I'd be back there in a heartbeat. Trust me. Yeah, it's a, would a you, David? A oh, if, if they said a ridiculous but mess, if they said. If they said we're going to run exactly the same format as the last WRC yep. in New Zealand, would you be so enthusiastic yep. about it? Always. In the same place? Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, it just, I love the country, Cole. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, service part wasn't ideal. Um, but you and I were speaking by then. We had quite, a, we had a bit of a giggle, didn't we? We, we enjoyed that we, one. No, we had fun. <laughs> we, did. we did have fun. <laughs> Even although we had plenty of time to kind of you know, fall out in the car on that traffic jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. on the way. And we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. So it can't have been all that bad. No, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, that's good. <laughs> well, there you go, Jared. Get yourself over to Otago. You might uh, get to meet David and Colin. Um, drop your really? in, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long way to go. Trust me. We will only disappoint. Well, we won't. I will. I, well, I will. Cole won't. Sorry. Moving on. Um, <laughs> it's very Drop early. Drop Here Industries on X asks, uh, do you know what the ARA's plans are to help usher in new drivers and promote the sport? Uh, Colin, Ooh. do you have any thoughts on no, that? No, no, that's one for David. That's definitely a question. So, sorry, <laughs> sorry, James. passing. Um, but that's definitely, definitely a question for David. Go uh, on then, David. But, yeah, go ahead, David. Uh, I, I think, obviously, ARA is looking to engage with, with any future kind of FIA programs like Rally Star and, and America was represented in Rally Star specifically in AR8 there's not really all that much that I I know of um but probably the best way if you're a young driver to further your talent in America is come come to Dirtfish in all seriousness uh you know we obviously we're we're the place to learn to drive rally cars but also there's a huge amount of experience there that can help guide young drivers uh, the, the instructors, everybody in the school is a massive rally fan um, with a huge amount of experience. So, yeah, there's not. And I think. Sorry, Cole. Yeah, and David, I think that's worth that's worth reiterating, isn't it? You know, it, it, you know, the rally school is the best rally school in the world if you want to learn to drive. But you know, in terms of connections, in terms of experience, in terms mm. of the ability to, to to give the right advice to young drivers, really. There's not an awful lot better you can do than go to Dirtfish and start talking oh. to some of the people yeah. at the Dirtfish Rally School because, you know, from from um, 
you know, from everyone, from the instructors right through to the management, right through to yourself, David, in, in charge of media, you know, you will get the right advice at, at every street. And George Donaldson. I mean, you've got George Donaldson there in the background <laughs> waiting to give you hours and hours of, of wonderful advice. Um, you know, it, it is it is such such a great resource for youngsters, Dirtfish, um, in the States. <laughs> it, it really is. You know, it's, it's all there for you. And, and you know, there's no question, George, you, you know what it's like, you know, rallying. You don't get to the top without making mistakes, and you make a myriad of mistakes in rallying to, to, to work your way through the different levels. But at every opportunity you know, that you've got, you should take th that opportunity to... to to minimise those mistakes, to to mitigate those mistakes, and and Dirtfish gives you that because mm. you know, there there are people there that have made those mistakes and that can tell you what what to do and and maybe more importantly what not to do in terms of getting through to to um, the higher levels of competitive rallying and it's it's something that that we need to push maybe a little bit more because as you say everyone is so enthusiastic and wants to get so involved with youngsters. I'm Kellen Koshal and I just did my first Dirtfish course, which was the one-day women's course. My biggest surprise was how calm it could be in the car, and the calmer I was, the faster I could make the car go. The surprising thing about driving was that it wasn't necessarily a mental thing. I had to really get out of my head and into my body more, and I just felt a little more comfortable doing that for the first time around a group of women. But I will say, I do feel like I could do any of the Dirtfish courses now. I kind of know what to expect, and you know, hopefully more women get into motorsports and then any day could be an all women's day if just enough of us are in the sport. If I were talking to someone who was thinking about taking a class but was kind of on the fence, it would be, you know, what are you waiting for? It's such a fun experience. Um, you're gonna really learn something and you're gonna push your limits and maybe you'll even have some more confidence. Next question is from The Borderland on X and it's for you, George. It might be slightly controversial, so take a deep breath. Uh, oh, no. He's asking, you've had, he says you've had some amazing drivers work for you, but who was the worst driver you worked with? Oh, wow. Oh, the worst. Legal um, department. Legal department, yeah. <laughs> the worst driver. Um, crikey. Uh, uh, so who, who was that question from? Uh, he's called the border, the borderlander, on the X. Borderlander. Well, he has to buy me dinner to get the answer to that question. Yeah, that that one doesn't go over the air for free. I mean, you know, Dirtfish ain't paying me enough for this. In fact, they're not paying me at all. <laughs> so, so there you go. Look, uh, uh, that's that that's an unfair question. That there are some. Look, the, the drivers have massive pressures and demands. You know, they've they've they've, they've maybe invested every bean they've got. And they, they lose, you know, a driver, a successful driver has to be demanding. I always wanted drivers, and I remember speaking to some young drivers saying, you need to be asking me things that I want to say no to, and you need to be forcing me to say yes, and then, you know, giving me all the reasons, and then giving me the performances to back up those decisions. So I wanted drivers, as a team manager, I wanted drivers to be really demanding of me, take me to task, I wanted them to be on the phone to me every day, co-drivers, drivers, telling me what we needed to do and then contributing to that solution. Because, you know, especially a young driver coming into a team, and I had a few, uh, quite a few privateers we helped uh, in Toyota, uh, sent by importers that had rented cars and coming to do a WRC event. They, they, they were a massive amount of pressure on them and, uh, you know, the pressure to perform and deliver to, to, to their home market. 
and they were very often extremely disappointed and, and quite difficult to deal with uh, throughout because they could sense it was going wrong for them before they even started. And that was a hard thing for, for, for anybody to do anything about. Uh, so I don't think there was any driver that was particularly difficult or, or uh, notorious. I think there were some drivers that I worked near um, um, that were very difficult and I didn't like. Uh, I never really liked Tommy Mackinnon overly much until I met him properly when I started working with him. And what was quite interesting for me was that uh, the, the Mitsubishi team quite categorically told me that he was the one that asked for me to be the team manager there. Um, uh, now, you know, Tommy Mackinnon and I had, you know, always exchanged pleasantries, but he always seemed like quite a cold fish to me. And he turned out to be just simply one of the nicest guys I ever worked with. Very, very demanding, very, very um, uh, focused, um, steely, you know, it might seem cold to some people. And that's why I always, you know, cut driver slack. So I don't think any driver was really a complete and absolute, you know, dingbat, awful git of a person. They were just in a circumstance where they had a lot of pressure and a lot to deliver. And as a team manager, well, OK, sometimes you might just put the wall up and say, no, I've had enough of you. But I don't think I ever really did that to anybody, not in a hard way anyway. Uh, um, you, you want to try and help them succeed. So it's a tough one, but, but I hope that's a decent answer. I think that's a great answer. I think it's a fair answer. Uh, an insight into what does make a good driver. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I think that's a great response. Okay, Samuel on Facebook, and I'm going to ask for one-word answers on this, guys. Uh, he asks, Peugeot, VW, or Subaru, which one would you prefer to see back in the WRC? David Evans. Subaru. George. VW. Colin, are you going to say Peugeot? Subaru. Subaru wins by a majority. Well, there we go. I didn't hear Colin's answer there. It, it was, it was a I heard, so I presume he said I heard Subaru. Baru. Yeah. Oh, Baru. Right, there you go. Then. It's a different it was Subaru. Right, there, you <laughs> go. there you go, Samuel. Subaru, it is. Okay, Sam on Facebook asks, and this, this, is, a, this is a funny question, uh, who is the quickest driver of the Dirtfish hosts, and is there Me. an annual Dirtfish Cup? <laughs> well, Inevitably, Sam, it's George Sam, Donaldson. Thank There's you, not David. a Dirtfish Cup, but there so should nice. be. That was so nice of you. Who's <laughs> the second but, quickest then, David? But but then again, we could <laughs> we could include Brenton Kelly or Nate Tennis or Josie yeah, Rimmer yeah. or all of these megastars from 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 Seattle. Uh, and and if we did, I reckon one of the the most underrated in the Dirtfish crew is BK is Brenton Kelly. He that guy's finished on the podium in Snowdrift. Snowdrift, a rally yeah, where that's, that's you go. Great. That that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a prop one, isn't it? With no studs. No, 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 no studded tyres. I mean, that's just purely down to finesse and yeah. ability. You know, just yeah. stunning. And, you know, to be able to read mm. that and survive. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think I could do reasonably well on that type of circumstance now. But when I was young and keen and trying to win, I would have gone off for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Would have been do you know who else is pretty decent? Jack, Jack Harrison. Jack, Jack Harrison's great as well, but who else, David, is very decent and whips our backsides every time we get on the simulators? No, I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm not listening to Elliot. Any chat about Elliot Barnard? No, 
Elliot. He's Elliot's good. A good driver. But simulator's but, but, not real. We need to get Elliot no, out. Elliot me, is going to be in school. Let me tell you. <clears throat> let me tell um, you. I, I've I've had the privilege of being at the school, and I want to say this, uh, Mitch. I, I yeah. You, know, you get you the, the the instructors drive you, and they were all they are all fantastic. They all they all humbled me in many ways. I mean, I can I can drive incredibly quickly and gather up gather up an absolute mess and survive. That was one of my abilities, um, but. Uh, when I jumped into the the car with Mitch and he drove me around, the way he commanded a car, and they, they all they all did they all actually drove with a great deal of command and finesse and everything you know lots of time to explain everything as you go. They were all brilliant, all very accomplished, all very practiced at that. Mitch felt another level to me. Um, I was absolutely gobsmacked, and I did actually comment to him. It was rather like sitting next to a factory test driver, in a, in a sort of light manner. But his mm. the way he um, the the amount of time he had, the the composure he had, and the way he talked. Obviously, he, he realised he was he was uh, preaching to a, a knowledgeable audience with me. But uh, yeah, his ability exceptional. So there we go, Mitch Williams. Arguably Williams. the cool, the coolest guy as well in uh, yeah, pretty in cool Durfus guy with yeah. his with his with his Top Gun shades on. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I, it's all. We're I'm, all, I'm all assuming good. I'm assuming our podcasts do play out over the Tannoy system in in, uh, <laughs> in Durfish. And, and and if they're not, if they're not, Josie, I think it's just in the washroom. <laughs> get on to oh, come on, come on. Yeah, no, Josie, you do need to get on to that. Fun. She does need yeah. to get onto that. These uh, needs to be playing out over the Indeed. whole over the whole over the whole estate. I think. Yeah. I hope you're listening, Josie. Uh, okay, moving on to our next question from Jocelyn on Facebook. Uh, she asked quite simply, "Will Dirtfish be at Snowdrift 2024?" Uh, David Evans, can you answer that? Uh, in some way, shape, or form, yes, we are still. Uh, obviously, we're very, very keen to run Dirtfish Live Centre again with with ARA next year, and we're working on those plans right now. Uh, but I've got to say, it's one event that I've never been to, and I absolutely can't wait to get there. Uh, so it is the week, directly the week before Sweden. So I think there is a little bit of crossover. Um, but yeah, those are our, that's the plan right now. Uh, so absolutely. And uh, what was the what was the name, sorry, of the Jocelyn. question? Jocelyn. 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 Jocelyn, I am available to co-drive for anybody. <laughs> I will drive as well, of course, uh, rather yep. accomplished. I, I won't go off, I promise, but but I would co-drive for somebody there. And my but jo- all, I was, all I was going to say is, Jocelyn, please come and say hello. Uh, if you happen to be there, it'd be great to see you. And that's one of the best things about American Rallying is just the characters that you meet. They are just brilliant. We absolutely love every Park Expose, meeting new people. Uh, and yeah, having a fabulous time. And I just wanted to revert back to an earlier question that an answer came to me as well. That talking about an American world champion, um, why don't we get Brandon Semenuk in a in WRC two? Because yes. he would love to. He would love to compete in the world championship, and I'm sure he could be a world champion WRC two at least. Uh, so so yeah. So sorry. Moving on. Uh, brilliant. Thank you, David. Guys, we've reached our last question. <gasps> Ooh. And it's That's a nice one. timing as well. Fantastic. It is. Exactly. Wow. Almost and it's planned. a nice one. And it comes from Ted Down Under on X. And I'll ask it to each of you. What is your favourite rally car and livery of uh, all time? 
Shut up. Uh, I love them all. I'll pick on yeah. Colin first. Yeah. No, listen, I have a special affinity with, with Subaru. Um, the 2002 Subaru with the uh, 555 livery. 2002, 2003, probably the last year as we saw the 555 livery, but 2002, uh, that's when I went to my very first rally and got involved in rallying. Met George Donaldson for the first time as well. Whatever happened um, to him? 2000... Hmm? Whatever happened to him? Whatever happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> I, rem I remember meeting him, and it was, it, was in, it was a meeting that David Richards couldn't chair. So it was all, all of our marketing team, and, and George Donaldson chaired it. Um, and I just remember being impressed by this man's ability and knowledge to speak and to make sense. And I thought, oh, he's, he's a guy. He's a guy I would like to speak to a little bit more. Jeez, 20 years ago, 21 years wow. ago. And then you figure um, out what an idiot So that 2002 with, with Solberg and with Mackinnon and with Toshi Arai, um, your very, very special place in my heart. George, what's yours? Um, it's it's a difficult one. I love I love all rally cars so much. Uh, the, the Vauxhall Chevette, the HSR. I love those. Penty, the first year of the Chevette, the best film ever made at the time it was released. The best rally film ever made at the time it was released. I think without a doubt. Um, it probably, what was it called? It, what the Chevette? Chevette. Not a film. It was uh, Penty, the first year of the Chevette. I've never seen that. Joe. Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 a, it's a Barry. It's a Barry. That's Hinch a creative case. name. It's, it's a, oh you, you're lying. So I'm, I'm, here I am, gullible as ever. Look at that, listeners. What can I? No, say? no, genuinely, I've, I didn't. Oh, you've I, never I, seen it. I, no, I have never seen it. I have never seen it. And where were you, George? Then this year, earlier this year, when Colin and I were tearing around Lancashire, following Steve Rimmer and Ian Grindrod. In, uh, yeah, in that we're, we're, gorgeous well, Chevette HSR. I just want to say I wasn't invited. And that, I mean, I was actually just uh, It's a standing after invite. It. Um, it's a standing invite. It's a standing invite. You know it's, it is. Take it as red. I'll, I'll well, get we to the go, next you one. go. I was, so the Chevette HSR has a massive place in my heart. Uh, who doesn't love Ooh. a Mark II Escort? And I've had the joy of driving quite a powerful one on three or four rallies with a, with a, a friend of mine, sadly just passed last year. Um, uh, Jim Noble, but uh, the if if I had to put an absolute favourite, the first professional uh, co-drive of my life was with Bjorn Waldegard in a Group B Celica in the Ivory Coast, round a hundred and twenty kilometre section of the rally. Um, the night before the rally, we needed to run in a load of diffs that had failed, and Bjorn uh, did that. Fred Fred Galker went to bed. He needed somebody in the car with him. And I jumped in and I, we did about three laps of 120 kilometres and changed the diff each time. And we started about 10 o'clock at night and finished about 1.30 in the morning, the night before the rally. Um, so that was my introduction to top driving. And uh, Fred was Fred was there after the first lap and then he went off to bed, but he let, he let me do that first lap. And he said, what did you think? And I said, I thought that was great. He expected me to be gobsmacked and amazed and I just thought it was perfect. I wasn't scared by the speed. I thought it was right. It was everything I expected it to be. Uh, most people are like Colin, absolutely quivering wreck and amazed, whereas I just saw I saw everything practically happening as I thought it should. I was absolutely amazed and gobsmacked, of course, but it was all within my scope of understanding and realisation. So that Group B Celica for me, it was a, they called it the Whistling Pig, um, yeah. but what a car, what a top speed in it, 145 miles an hour in Africa trim. <laughs> Nobody had a car that quick. It was amazing. So, yeah. 
Vauxhall Chevette, Group B Celica, uh, ST185 Celica, amazing. Yeah, just love them all. James, yours, James. Let's do yours first. Well, I'm going to pick, and it's a car that's got a bit of a a special significance to me. I I always really like the Polo WRC. I know that's a a modern suggestion, and we like like being a bit more historical, but that, for me, is the car that... that, Which which um, livery? Well, the later livery, I think the the 15 and 16 livery with the the Rebel on the front end. But that's the car for me that... Re 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 enlivened my uh, my passion for the world championship because it for me it got a little bit stale for a few years with just Ford and Citroen yeah. and, and especially with 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 Ford pulling out uh, at the end of twenty twelve and then a big manufacturer like VW coming back a cool little car and a nice livery that was that was really uh, something that just brought me back to being a, a mega fan of, of the WRC so I'll pick that one because it's the first one that comes into my mind. Uh, for me, it has to be the uh, Lancia Delta S4. I, I always wanted to to say the Metro 6R4, the computer vision car, and I spent much of my youth uh, in double maths or whatever drawing the and colouring in the computer vision car in the, in the back pages of my maths book. Uh, and somewhere there is some, some amazing pictures and I've drawn of that car. But ultimately, once the S4 came along, the Martini livery, I just totally fell in love with it. And I remember in 86, 86 RAC, standing with my father somewhere in Wales. Uh, and I remember I was small, wellies. I'd got wellies on with two pairs of, of rugby socks or something and just couldn't feel my toes and was beginning to think, what on earth are we doing here? We'd probably slept in the car or something. Uh, and then Marco Allen or would well have been um it would have been 85 of course sorry it could have been henry toyvin and came past and just it blew my mind and i i remember you couldn't actually see the car or i couldn't so i was obviously a bit shorter but i could just see through people and through the trees and seeing this this blue red white and blue flash go past and then as it breaks for the corner you know the huge shoot of flames out the the flames shooting out the back it was incredible and the noise you know i'll never forget the noise loved it ever since uh, and it's it left an indelible mark on me. Not literally. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I should hope not. Uh, well, we're sport, we're sport for choice, really, aren't we, guys? There's so many to choose from. But uh, great question from Ted down under there. Uh, and that's it. We're at the end of our question list, guys. You can you can relax. Wow. No more nasty ones. Um, thank you to everyone who sent in questions. It's been great fun to go through them and let us know. Tell us in the comments on socials. If you want to see more of this type of thing, if you enjoyed it, please do let us know. Um, guys, I think there's yeah. there's nothing more to say. We'll, we'll say thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time on Spin the and, Rally yeah. Pod. And actually, thank we'll you. see you thank next you see, see you next year. Cause this could be... This is it. Yeah, this is the this is the end of the year. We've got a, a nice CER pod going out on Boxing Day. Uh, but yeah, James, I have to say, James, great job with hosting. Yeah. 
Uh, and, you, and it was a brilliant finish there, James. You, you, you wrapped up beautifully <laughs> until David and George decided to <laughs> trample all over it. We can yeah, cut this out, Colin. It's fine. <laughs> Oops. Well, that's been the story of the year, hasn't it? You know, everything going really well and me just jumping in and ruining it. So why not continue it right until it ends? So apologies, James. I'm very sorry. No worries. I'll but say yeah. it again if you missed it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And see you next time. And... Happy Christmas, Happy New Year, whenever you're listening to this. See you soon on Spin the Rally Call. Thank you.